I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby dooby dooby doo wop. Pastor and Laura wake up. Good morning. Morning. Welcome to our our Bible study where we're reading a chapter of the Bible a day. We're reading Jonah right now and we're on chapter two. Last time we read about do you want to summarize it quickly? And God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah said no, got out of the boat. There was a big storm. They found out Jonah was the problem. The sailors found out Jonah was a problem. And they threw him overboard. Because yeah. Jonah told them to. The sailors didn't want him, want to. And then... And then there was a big fish. Yes. <laughs> I did so it. I got it right. <laughs> basically, the first chapter is what you, we mostly hear in, like, children's books and the retelling of the story of Jonah Mm -hmm. and now we'll kind of wrap up the end and then there's like two more chapters of Jonah other things that happen to him besides fish eating or fish swallowing all right so chapter two is called Jonah's prayer and we will start with verse one from inside the fish Jonah prayed to the Lord his God he said In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, and the deep surrounded me. Seaweed has wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred barred me in forever but you brought my life up from the pit O lord my god when my life was ebbing away i remembered you lord and my prayer rose to you to your holy temple those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs but i with the song of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you what i have vowed i will make good salvation comes from the lord and uh, that section Anything you want to say? It's not the whole chapter. I'm saving the last verse. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Just, just read his prayer part. Yeah. So is this his own prayer that he just made up? This is what is recorded. I'm so, just, I'm asking because it sounds like a psalm. It is. Is he, so, he repeating something that, like, David already wrote, and he's just like... No, it's original. But okay. when it comes to something like this, or... I mean, the same is true with, like, the book of Job. Mm-hmm. Job is poetry. This is poetry. Whether or not this is... When he is in the fish, he is speaking by the Holy Spirit in kind of a freestyle psalm, and then he records it word for word. Or, if he'd said something almost exactly similar to this, you know, basically, it, the that first verse there is explanatory. I was in distress, I was going down, I was in the seas, and then all he really says is, I've been banished, but I'll look to your temple, and I know everyone else 
doesn't worship idols. I'm dying, but you saved me. I, I, I will worship you. If that's what he says in his distress, and then he wrote the psalm later, it would still be accurate, hmm. but he just puts it in a more beautiful literary form. Right. And you're saying psalm like a song, like generically. Yes. Right. It's not an actually, like, if you went to the book of Psalms, we wouldn't find this rewritten. Like, oh, this was the one that Jonah wrote while he was in the whale. It's not in the book of Psalms. No. That's what I was asking. Okay. So, the note, I do have a note in my self-study Bible here that says, it's a psalm of thanksgiving for deliverance from death from the sea. The language of the song indicates that Jonah was familiar with the praise literature of the Psalms. That's why it sounds so much like a psalm, because it is, one, first of all, and two, it's like the phrasing of it. I just was listening to Psalms the other day, so just the way it's phrased, like, in my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me. Pretty sure that that's like Unless I'm just familiar with this verse. <clears throat> oh my, excuse me. Um, I feel like there's a very, very similar verse somewhere in Psalms. But anyway. No, it's it's beautiful. And he would have known the Psalms because the Psalms were the hymnal for ever since the time of the temple being built. But I think this prayer is or this song of thanksgiving is beautiful for him it's very literal clearly that he is in the heart of the seas that he's about to die that he realizes that he is away from god and feels terrible and then he uh, repents turns from his evil ways and comes back to the lord and sees how wonderful it is but i also think it could be uh, a, a prayer that a lot of people could pray that have turned away from the Lord at different points in their life and gone down a path of unbelief or falling into some kind of trap of a sin and then looking back and realizing, wow, the Lord has been so good to me ever since I walked away from him. Look at all the pain and distress that has come into my life. I will repent of my evil ways. I, I will come back to the Lord. And then what is there? There's salvation that God has spared me through all of this hardship and trouble. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to so many people that even in their times of great sin, where they're caught or trapped by some sin, that they see the hand of the Lord protecting them and saving them in those difficult situations and giving them chance after chance after chance to see the love and the grace that God has for them. So, again, Jonah is literal. This is what happened. However, I think it's a wonderful repentant sinner's prayer that the Holy Spirit includes for us here. Yeah. I agree that you could you could definitely pray this even if you weren't inside a fish 
Sure, because if you could <laughs> only pray it within a fish. That would limit <laughs> its use. Um, yeah, it's... Well, and in his case, he God gave him a direct instruction, and he heard it and disobeyed it deliberately. Mm-hmm. And it, it led to his peril. And that's not dissimilar from what happens to a lot of people. Happens I mean, to all of us. Usually there's not a fish or a sea ship, shipwreck involved. Potential shipwreck, I should say. We know that the sailors got away happily or unharmed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it could be your, you know, God's told you to stop this sin and you don't. And, you know, whatever you get in a car accident or your health declines or, you know you're emotionally broken or there's other relationships in your life that are broken there's some sort of peril problem and not just a small amount of guilt but this would be like hitting rock bottom mm-hmm. and when he says but you brought my life up from the pit you know that reminds me of like rock bottom because it's a pit and then, yeah, he's, it's a good prayer. And there's just showing that God forgives us again and again. And, you know, it reminds me of what we said before. If you're a parent, you understand that you can sometimes see these things happening you know, that a child's about to make a mistake or they're really tempted to do something, you know, dumb. I remember when the girls were little, well, I should say our oldest one was little, and she kept putting her passy in dirt. And I kept saying, don't do that, you know? Mm -hmm. That's yucky, that's bad for you. But there was just, you know, some weird fascination with doing it over and over again, and I would take it away and wash it. When I took it away, she thought she was being punished, you know, because I was taking away her special thing. And as an adult, you can say, man, what's wrong with these kids? It doesn't understand, you know, what dirt is or what germs are. And, you know, I'm not going to say kids are stupid because that's not accurate. But they just but don't know. You don't know. <laughs> They just don't know anything. And when you're an adult, you look at it so clearly. Like, how can you not see all these problems that you're causing? And I'm helping you by taking this away from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you think about it as you are like a child to God. And how many things we probably do where God is just shaking his head. Like, you are not doing what I said. I told you multiple times not to do this. You keep doing it. Now I have to, whatever, take something from you, whether it's your passy or your health or your wealth, wealth, relationship, whatever it is. And then, and then we as like children are like crying, like, why would God take that away from me? You know? Mm -hmm. And Jonah here shows kind of that he's getting it. Like, I see that every time something bad happens to me, it's because you're trying to teach me, and you keep saving me, 
and he's thankful for that, which is a maturity that most children grow into as they get older. They look back and say, oh, my parents were, you know, trying to care for me and love me. So I think it's spiritual maturity he's got here, which he probably always did have, but just a, you know, just because we grow up and understand God better doesn't mean we stop sinning. We'll never be perfect. So he's a prophet. He's knows God's word. God spoke to him and he still ran away and did this. And now he's looking back and saying all these things. God yeah. answered me. Paul says something similar. When I was a child, I acted like a child. When I became a man, I put my sinful or my childish ways behind me. And just realizing when you're more mature, wow, those things don't mean as much to me. They're not as important as they were. And there's, uh, nowadays with, well, I deal with a number, I've dealt with a number of people with different addictions that they're caught in, whether that be drugs or alcohol or pornography or something that anything that kind of changes your brain chemistry and one of the things that goes into that is when when you know you're actually addicted is not a physical addiction but it's the choices that you make in your life that you will make a choice to do this thing even when you know it's going to have other negative consequences in your life mm-hmm. even when you know it's going to hurt your life financially or it's going to hurt relationships you still choose to do something that gives you momentary relief when you realize there are long-term consequences that are going to be affected and that's a very childish thing to do because well you're choosing a short-term benefit versus a long-term yeah and you're selling out your long-term happiness for something that's going to fade very quickly and uh, not that Jonah had addiction problems or anything, but when you look well, at he his... he makes a choice here. He makes a choice here that I am not going to listen to God when he clearly knows God is the one true God. And... Well, and I mean, that can happen to us when, like, uh, God wants us to, like, let's just say, call out, like, a there's a problem in your family, like a sin in your family or a close friend. And you know that you should be coming to that person and talking to them about it. But you know, you got two choices. You can talk to them about it and that person might not like to hear it and cut you out. And that leads to a long-term problem for the rest of your life. And, you know, or you could just say, I'm going to do the right thing, even though this is going to cause problems. The easy way is to skip that conversation for now and say, I'll talk to him about it Mm -hmm. later. And the hard choice is doing something that's going to be difficult. It's going to cause pain. It's going to cause conflict and all this stuff. I mean, Jonah had to go to a difficult place. I don't know. It didn't really tell us much about Nineveh at the beginning of this book, but Obviously, it's a large city and very 
sinful if God's... Well, it's evil enough that God's going to wipe it off the face of the earth. Yeah. There's only a few times he go to... talks about doing that. Well, he didn't say that yet. He just said, go to Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Oh. So you're one person going to a large city to tell them to stop being wicked. That's an overwhelming task, and it's easier to say, I'll do it later, or I'll, first I'll take a trip, and then I'll, then I'll come back and do it later. And he's choosing the path of least re- resistance, which a lot of us take daily. You know, there's times where we do have opportunities to do something difficult for the Lord, and we mm-hmm. don't for whatever reason. Yeah, and I don't want to have a spoiler so i'll just wait for Jonah's motivation later well, for got, chapters three and four we got three and they're short so we've got one more verse to do we can Should do we it just finish this no just do the verse yeah <laughs> no no that's what i mean finish the chapter so here we no, are no oh yeah the chapter. chapter two verse 10 he just finished his prayer and the lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Oh, that's my confirmation passage. Gross. <laughs> then that's it for the chapter. So, I uh, do you want to to say anything about the fish vomiting? I, you know, I don't know a lot about. Fish. No, I shouldn't have asked you <laughs> in that way. That question. Uh, but it's it's clearly that God is the God of creation. He is the creator. There is the creation, and He uses this animal as a special instrument to do something. And He's there are exa- other examples of Him using wildlife to accomplish His will. He sent used ravens to bring. Elijah food by the brook. He had a donkey uh, talk to Balaam Balaam, Mm -hmm. uh, in the past. Uh, Are those the only animals you can think of? Well, I'm trying to think of animals that God used for his special purposes. Well, yeah, I mean, off the top of our heads, those are the first ones, but there's probably others in the Bible. I mean... Most times people think of the snake tempting well, Eve, but that's that's Satan anyway, doing that. I was just going to say, I always think it's funny how children's Bibles kind of like hedge around this so it's not so gross. And they're like, Jonah prayed and then God let him come out of the fish or like spit him up or the mouth. Or he opened his mouth and Jonah came out and it's just like we don't want to say vomit in front of (laughs) kids 12 and under otherwise they're gonna laugh or get grossed out or something but i just think that's always kind of like that's a cute way of saying vomit (laughs) yeah it's also a fun way to start the morning if you're listening in the morning and you're eating your breakfast we apologize Mm mm-hmm don't want to think about fish vomit, so I won't yeah. say it anymore. Spew out or disgorge mm. is the Hebrew. So, we did not, I should say, I did not do any research regarding Pinocchio and whales. Did you? What, what do you mean by research? I mean, I. <laughs> Yesterday. I know the movie. You said 
Let's see which one came first. The depiction oh. of Pinocchio or the depiction in many children's oh. Bibles. Oh, um, I'm... Of a whale, or uh, when the story started becoming Jonah and the Whale. And it's not really that important. I just thought, thought about it for It'll, I'll put it on my to-do list. We'll find out in <laughs> chapter three. Oh, yeah, two three. more chapters. So, yeah, the next two are short. Chapter three, if you're in your Bible, you can probably see the headings. Jonah goes to Nineveh, and that's only ten verses long. And then chapter four says Jonah's anger at the Lord's compassion. And that one is only 11 verses long. So Jonah is a short book with a lot of good good stuff in it. But we are just having a little bit shorter study today, and that's okay too because some days are longer and some days are shorter. Yeah. I did find out the first appearance of The Adventures of Pinocchio is in 1883 okay. by Carlo Collodi, Italian, which I guess with a guy named Pinocchio and a father named Geppetto, we should assume, maybe not assume that he is Italian, right, but he's... enough. <laughs> enough about Pinocchio. 18... I'm sure there's a podcast about Pinocchio somewhere, but... 1883. Well, then the next step is to look up Jonah and the whale and see when that, when people started saying it was a whale. A whale rather than a fish. Fish. I should. I don't know if that would ever be able to be nailed down to that. Yeah. Either way, it was a miracle because Mm -hmm. we've never heard of such a thing happening before or since that a person survives in the belly of a animal for three days. Well, well Jesus does say. quote this passage when he's talking to, oh, I think it's the Pharisees. He said, just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish, so also I will be in the grave for three days. So you have Jesus also saying this is something literal, not metaphor. Oh, yeah, I wasn't saying it was a metaphor. I'm just saying that it's a miracle. Yes, but Jesus does reference it. It is a, uh, we call An it actual event? Tip, typological prophecy. So it's a type of Christ because it's something that is kind of a shadow of what Jesus would do. Mm-hmm. So sinking down into the depths, being Jonah being as good as dead, Jesus being actually dead, and then being brought back by the fish. So, um, all right, well, let's or by just the Lord. Uh, call it a day. We'll do the rest tomorrow. Okay. If we find out any more about Jonah and the whale, and this or Pinocchio misconstrued idea. Or maybe it wasn't really misconstrued. Maybe they just didn't have an, a name for a whale in the Mediterranean Sea because maybe they'd never seen it. What if people who just sailed around the Mediterranean Sea and lived their whole lives there had no idea like that whales existed or what they were? They just called whales fish because they didn't know. Well, whales are very different because they have to breathe air. Sure, but what if the people just thought this is a fish that breathes air? I'm not saying they're dumb, but, you know, if they 
They're not marine biologists. If you didn't I have any other point of reference, just be like, it's a giant fish. I think they're... I just always assume people from earlier ages are a lot smarter than most people give them credit for. I think they would have known the difference between a whale and a fish. Okay. Well, I was just I was throwing just my, out an idea. My Maybe they assumption. just used the, the word fish loosely, and it could have been a whale. You never could, know. Could be. Could just be a classification of swimming thing. Either but. way, it swallowed Jonah. He didn't get digested by acid or sharp teeth. And he survived and got spit up, and we will find out more about where and what happened to him next. Sounds good. Have a great day. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura wake up.